You're listening to Shine On, a podcast presented by Solar Power Europe, the European Association for Solar Power. Join us as we shine a light on the latest developments in the solar sector. Hello and welcome to Shine On, a podcast presented by Solar Power Europe. I'm your host, Lucas Clark Memler, and in the second season of our Solar Success in Africa series, we'll hear more about innovative solar projects bringing clean and reliable energy to communities across Sub-Saharan Africa. This podcast series is supported by Get Invest, a European program that mobilizes investment in decentralized renewable energy projects, supported by the European Union, Germany, Sweden, the Netherlands, and Austria. In this episode, I'm looking forward to speaking with Servas van den Nordgatte, co-founder of Flexgrid. Hello, Servas. Thanks for joining us today. Can I first ask where you're calling in from? Good morning. Yes, I'm calling in from Brussels, actually, and happy to join you today as well. And I hope I can contribute to this podcast. Thank you, Servas. Why don't we begin with you introducing yourself to our listeners and discussing the background and mission of Flexgrid? Yeah, since over 10 years, an entrepreneur in uh, renewable energy with a particular focus on uh, solar and solar power power plants. The background of FlexGrid and the mission of FlexGrid, in fact, is uh, we want to become a game changer in rural electrification. And this through innovative or implementing innovative business models and as well innovative technologies. Great. Thanks for that. So I'd like to dive in a little bit more about the business model of FlexGrid. I'd like it if you could talk to the listeners about the pay-as-you-go model and, and why it's important, particularly with rural electrification. Well, the pay-as-you-go model has actually two purposes. In fact, it has a purpose to allow an easy and fully automatic payment method. People in Africa, they're very well used to paying by uh, mobile money. It's a well-implemented technology. And building further on that, we have developed our pay-as-you-go model as well for paying up electricity bills. First of all, assures that there is a very effective and low-cost implementation of the payments as well. It secures to, to ourselves and to our investors that our model is actually fully prepaid and there are no outstanding bills possible. So that is also uh, guaranteeing the sustainability, the financial sustainability of our business model and of rural electrification in general. I think one of the well-known problems in Africa is with electrical and power companies is the unpaid bills. Since tickets are small, it's very hard to chase customers when they have outstanding bills. So this is actually key. Another linked advantage to that is that we monitor the whole process in the cloud and on a daily basis we can run our reports as well, we can report to our investors on the financials, on the payments issued by the customers. So we can also automatically and easily collect a lot of interesting data to draw conclusions upon and to improve our business model as well. Excellent. So I know that, as you just mentioned, the cloud technology and, and technology and innovation is, is key to the work of FlexGrid. I'd like to talk a little bit about perhaps the most innovative aspect of this technology, which is your use of artificial intelligence, or as you call it, swarm intelligence. For all of us who don't know about this, could you break this down? Yes. So actually, together with our partner PowerBlocks, we have drawn a few lessons from 
implementation of mini-grids, traditional mini-grids in the past. And one of the key problems of, of traditional mini-grids is the demand assessment. So we have started to think about a business model that allows us to easily and flexible increment the capacity in function of the demand. Now, in order to do that, traditional mini-grid technology builds upon master-slave concepts, which is very hard to implement in, in a rural area because you need the skills, you need engineers who can all the time reprogram the master-slave uh, concepts. And therefore, we were looking for a intelligent solution that allows to easily build up capacity without the need of local programmers or, or local engineering skills. And that's why the Swarm technology, the artificial intelligence, was developed. Actually, what is it doing? It's like a swarm of fish. That's why it's called Swarm Intelligence. In a swarm of fish, you don't have, in the nature, you don't have a master and a slave. A swarm of fish, they have the intelligence of cooperating together instinctively. And based on that idea, also the power blocks are built. And what does it do easily? You have, you have standard power blocks, which can be a standalone unit, which has a battery, inverter, solar charger built in, connected to a module, a solar module. But the real intelligence now is when you connect those units together, it automatically, thanks to an algorithm, it automatically builds up and synchronizes to a 1230 volt AC 50 hertz network. And that is the real intelligence behind the system. Another main advantage is compared to a master-slave concept is that, in fact, when one of those units is broken down for whatever reason, it does not impact the whole grid. So it means the other units just continue and the grid will never fail because one of the units fails, which in the master-slave concept, when the master fails, the whole grid is down, which in the rural electrification environment is very difficult to repair or it takes time and money to go on the spot and to, to repair. So that is the real, the decentralized concept is the real advantage. That that makes sense. And certainly I can understand the application in the rural context. Maybe you can be a little bit more specific about why the use of this swarm intelligence and, and this technology results in lower costs for the people in these communities. And you know, even better if you could discuss it in relation to a concrete success story. Well, the main reason or the main game changer in our opinion is the adaptation of the capacity, of the installed capacity to the demand, which makes or which results in the fact that for the investment, we always adjust capacity to the demand. And thanks to that, we have a profitable or it, it will result in a profitable business model because you don't have over-installed capacity, which is CapEx, which does not result in a payback. Another advantage, of course, is that we do not depend on demand assessments. It's, it's very hard in a rural environment, in a village where people have never had access to electricity. It's very hard to assess the demand. And since we are adapting our capacity to the demand, we always can guarantee that the paybacks are within a reasonable times. We are, we are trying to achieve paybacks of five to seven years. And thanks to this synchronizing the, let's say, capacity to the demand, we achieve faster paybacks. 
which allows us to attract investors for our business. Great. And speaking of investors and investment, that's a, that's a nice transition to my next question, which is about financing. And as we can imagine, financing is a particular challenge for, for African solar projects and, and gaining access to finance. And uh, it would be great if you could talk a little bit more about financing, your own experience, uh, some of the challenges maybe uh, along the way, and feel free to mention any specific instruments or institutions you were able to call on for support. Yep. So financing is indeed a crucial component, and and we would still consider that for us as the key as the key challenge for FlexGrid as well, and in general, I think also for our colleagues in active and rural electrification. The key challenge, I think, is always to bridge this proof of concept phase. A lot of investors are looking for proof of concept, the proof that your business model is working and, and you have to install this, let's say, first track record of 10 to 15 villages before you can attract bigger tickets of finance. And this was actually, for us, the key challenge. There are very little players who can provide this first small tickets needed to bridge this proof of concept phase. And that is actually where also get invest as well as electrify we we managed to attract development funding from electrify to build our first pilots which was a great thing to have as well the role of get invest to, to support us in building up this track record trying to find this early stage investors that is a real good support we are getting there another role is of course grant financing early stage our dream, our target is, and that is the real game changer, is to try to achieve scale and thanks to that scale, drive our costs down so that rural electrification can be done just based on, on what we would call flex grid parity. Just as you have grid parity, solar grid parity, our dream is to have a business model that can work and be financial feasible without the need of grants, because that would really allow us to scale up faster. But the key challenge is, of course, to come to that stage where we can really have the scale, where we can really scale up and, and have these advantages of, of scale. And that is now also where, with other partners and with GetInvest, we're thinking of a roadmap. How can we achieve this scale and what is needed together with our financial partners, with our operational partners, with our suppliers, how all together can we come to that scale that allows us to become profitable without the need of grants? Mm. And luckily, luckily, of course, in the meantime, we received grants from React, for instance. We also received grants from the Universal Energy Facility in order to achieve this scale-up phase. But we are not there yet. We are now right in the in the phase of building this track record of 15 villages and then hopefully we will be able to attract the bigger tickets of a few millions to to really deliver this or, or to really scale up so we're talking about the future now you're talking about the plan and and the hope feel free to get a little bit more concrete in terms of the specific plans for the future expanding into other markets in africa or or which countries look really interesting for flexgrid i think i think our listeners would be curious to hear about your plans yeah. Actually, we are active in Mali. We are active in Guinea-Conakry. 
we are active. We have one pilot in Rwanda and we have one pilot in Mozambique. So we are active in, in, in four countries with a lot of potential, all of those countries. And of course, there's more. But our ambition really is to, to be present in three, four countries ourselves as an IPP because we really want to feel the market. We really want to experience from the field, allowing us to improve, to learn where and how to improve our business model and our, our technology. And our plan forward is, is, is to scale up 2022, 2023. We would like to scale up to 50 villages because just thanks to our technology, we can roll out very fast. It's a really plug and play concept when you arrive in a village. Within one week, you can really install the technology and equip the village. So a fast rollout of up to 50 villages now is the target for 2022, 2023. After that, for the next five years, we really hope to come to a scale of, of 500 villages and more in those three, four countries. That's really what our ambition is. Besides that, we're also working at a kind of license concept that will allow partners in other countries to implement our technology. So we would license, supply our technology to third parties in order to allow them to also implement villages, implement rural electrification in their countries. So it's an IPP model for three countries, up to 500 villages ourselves, and license our technology to potential partners who can roll out the technology in their own countries so that we really can become a game changer for rural electrification in sub-Saharan Africa. Mm. Thinking a little bit more big picture now, a little bit uh, larger scale, I'd like to ask you changes you expect to see in the sub-Saharan African solar sector, let's say in the next decade, for instance. How, how do you think the, the sector in that area will change? It's not a very easy question. But we strongly believe that rural electrification is key for the development of Sub-Sahara Africa in general. 600 million people in Sub-Sahara Africa do not have access to energy. Solar home systems have or bring partially a solution to that, but we do not believe solar home systems will be a sustainable model. So it's, it's, it's a real need that mini grids are implemented in sub-Sahara Africa at a large scale so that also productive use can be served. And thanks to productive use, villages will be able to develop. So it's, it's, it's really key. Whether and how fast this will happen, I think that strongly depends on the financing, the funds availability. And there it would be key or it will be key to provide more public funding to think about guaranteeing models for rural electrification players, maybe for countries implementing rural electrification. And every country in sub-Saharan Africa has their instruments now. They have their rural electrification agencies. For instance, Amadar in Mali, they are there. They have set up these organizations. And I think it, it, it will become key to support those organizations as well as the private sector 
to collaborate strongly and to implement faster rural or, or um, rural electrification. But I think the funding, the funding through either grants, impact investment at low cost, long-term finance, we all know that, that energy has not paybacks of five years, but, but paybacks of 15, 20 years. Those instruments, those would be really game changers for the industry. Thanks, Edvas. I'd like to give you the opportunity to, to, to share any final message to our listeners, anything you'd like them to, to take with them or, or think about. Well, probably my message before was already a kind of final message. But yes, let's all together try to put our shoulders under the mini-grids and under developing innovative models for mini-grids in the interest of the local people as well as in the interest of, of, let's say, the whole stability in, in, in the world. I mean, Sub-Saharan Africa needs development, huge potential, a young population. Let's put all together our shoulders under rural electrification because it, rural electrification is key for development in, in rural Africa. Absolutely. We share that, that vision and that mission, and we look forward to, to seeing your progress in Sub-Saharan Africa. So thank you so much for joining us today, Servas, and good luck. Okay. Thank you very much. 